0: Don't. Welcome, everybody. This is How to English. Teach and Learn with Gavin M. It's a podcast about teaching and learning English as a foreign language. All opinions stated are personal and references will be given when necessary.
1: I shouldn't mention the banana then.
0: No, I don't think so. No, it's fine. Em, I feel like you've drawn me right into the middle of the episode already, and we've only just started. How
1: have I done that, Gav?
0: I just wanted to use the term to draw somebody in because oh. today's episode visualize. What's it called? Visuals. Visuals. Episode 25 of Gavin M's How to English Pod.
1: I understand what you mean. A lot of that does include drawing.
0: Can you picture what I'm saying, <laughs> Em?
1: I can. I can't think of any idioms, but I can, yes. And that's a good link, Gav.
0: It is. I'm glad you penciled me in for today's episode. Oh, sharp today. Very
1: sharp. Nope. Still have nothing. Um, anyway, yeah, visuals. I suppose visuals can come in the form of pictures in books, pictures that you share with your students online. Perhaps those are visuals, but today, Gav, I think we are going to focus on drawing be it with a mouse pad or with a pencil or a pen, how are your drawing skills? They are very... Sketchy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got one in.
1: Well
0: done. Um, I was going to say mediocre.
1: (laughs) Really? Oh, okay.
0: But I don't worry about that. If it looks like a clown, then it is a clown or a cloud or a piece of cheese. Whatever I'm teaching, (laughs) I have to represent it somehow. It might be through description, through words, but I do rely a little on my drawing skills from time to time, Em, especially on the board. I have many stories of my beautiful drawings on the board and um, students coming up, taking photos at the end and saying, thanks, teacher Gav, this is a really good reference. I'm going to use this when I'm revising all of these wonderful new words. That's
1: very positive. And I have also been complimented on my board work. Well, I should be specific on my skills at drawing because I would say my board work has room for improvement. I'm not that good at organising it, but I can draw, yeah, like you say, a clown or a cloud or a flower or something.
0: Your elephants didn't look like mice?
1: No, they were quite good. So I think that's a bonus if you can do that. But I do remember thinking... It could just be a stick figure, kind of very crude drawing and it would still get the message across.
0: And you could be teaching vocabulary like this is a hat on top of my stick figure or perhaps a scarf or a pair of gloves. Or you might be demonstrating grammar, perhaps the tenses to show where we're talking about something happening in the past Mm. or the future or the present.
1: That's good. Yeah, I felt like your drawing skills were getting more complicated as you were going along there. A hat, a scarf, gloves, they get more difficult to draw as you go along, and tenses, that is quite an abstract concept to represent in pictures.
0: Well, going back to gloves, I think they're just stick fingers with lines around them.
1: Stick fingers?
0: Yeah. Okay. Or my stick person.
1: Yeah, 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 I understand. That's perfect. Tenses are a tricky one, but you can do it. Maybe boxes showing time and stick people, maybe moving around during that time, which is quite a good way of representing continuous or future tenses. That's quite a good way of representing past, present and future. I've definitely got people in my head when I think about good board work. I think about teachers I've worked with. And I've envied their skills, not just at writing very neatly, but also putting things into places that are logical on the board as a visual representation of the lesson with some nice pictures too, and lots of little arrows linking things together. It's amazing how some people are really good at that. Em, that sounds like graphic
0: facilitation in ELT.
1: It is Gav. And that is what we are going to get into the details of today, Gav. On today's show, it's all about visuals including visual templates, containers, sketch noting, and visual vocabulary. Had you heard of all these before, Gav?
0: Um, these terms are relatively new to me, but after a little research and thanks to a fabulous guest that we're going to feature today, I am considerably more knowledgeable on this topic. So
1: don't worry, followers, if you don't know what we're talking about right now. At the end of today's show, I hope you will have a better idea.
0: And Em, you could give us a nice little recap at the end for each of those terms.
1: Thanks, Gav. I'll do my best. Gav, let's pass the mic over to our guest today, who is Emily Bryson from Emily Bryson ELT. You can find her on Instagram under Emily Bryson ELT or at her website, www.emilybrysonelt.com.
0: And Emily is an ELT specialist. Author, ESOL teacher, teacher trainer, graphic facilitator for EFL online courses, trainings, writes books, and has teaching ideas on her blog.
1: Emily also contributed to National Geographic Learning's Voices A to Z of ESOL and Fifty Ways to Teach Life Skills, a range of books specifically written for learners.
0: Now let's welcome Emily to the show.
2: Hi, Gavin. Thanks so much for inviting me on to talk about one of my favourite topics. I'm Emily Bryson from Emily Bryson ELT, and many of you will know me from my passion for bringing graphic facilitation into the ELT world. I've been on quite a few ELT podcasts to talk about it, and I'd like to do something a bit different on this one. I think a lot of people think graphic facilitation is just using simple drawings in the classroom or training room or meeting room, but there's much more to it than that. And I'm going to quickly share with you some of the graphic facilitation buzzwords and activities. You can find out more on my website, www.emilybrysonelt.com, or follow me on most socials at emilybrysonelt.
1: Thank you, Emily. We're really pleased to have you on the show today. Emily, can you tell us a bit about visual templates, please?
2: A visual template is a visual tool that guides conversations, focuses minds on certain topics, or helps plan out the future. For example, one of the most common visual templates is a roadmap. The beauty of visual templates is that you can use them in many ways. For example, I've used the roadmap to help students think about their future plans and how to achieve them. I've also used it to help my action research participants reflect on their projects. I've even used it to visualise tenses and to order events in a story. Visual templates often have a metaphorical angle. For example, the roadmap could show a journey, A rocket can express a route for success, a mountain for challenges, or a swamp can show something dangerous that has to be chosen with care, for example. And you can add some nice other dangers in that, like crocodiles.
1: Gav, I think we need to demonstrate some of these skills that Emily's talking about. I've got my pad of paper here, and I'd like you to tell me about something you know and love very well. Can you think of something?
0: There is something that I know and love and it's a new passion of mine. Go ahead. It's bread making. Ooh. Especially sourdough bread making.
1: Right. That is a very good way to start. So I'm going to draw a mountain mm-hmm. on this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Can you see the mountain I'm drawing?
0: I can see a, a very simple line. Okay, well, it looks a bit like a spiky triangle.
1: Yes, that is that's my mountain. So mm. the top of the mountain is where you're trying to get to.
0: Right. Is that a perfectly baked loaf?
1: Yes. That is the goal, isn't it?
0: And at the bottom is what the doughy mess.
1: Well, that's what I want you to tell me all
0: about. And why we're we choosing a mountain because this is something that Emily mentioned.
1: It is. It might
0: be a challenging situation. There may be some adversity.
1: That's right. Are
0: you suggesting I can't bake bread very well? Of
1: course I'm not, but I would like you to list the potential hazards, problems, pitfalls, boo boos that you might encounter while making bread.
0: I could definitely list them. Would you like me to begin now? I do, and I will represent your problems
1: in picture form on the mountain. um, Now, why would you do that? To... ...help you visualise all of these errors, problems, mistakes...
0: ...things I should avoid.
1: ...and then it will help you avoid
0: them. Oh, I like that. Let's begin. Too much water in the dough. Ooh, what happens if you have too much water? You end up with a liquidy dough, completely unmouldable, and you end up with a pancake slash frisbee.
1: Oh, that's not good. So, I'm going to represent that by drops of water... OK, and under that I'm going to just write too much water.
0: Maybe a little measuring jug. And could you put like, let's say, 200 millilitres so I can remember exactly how much I need to add? I
1: can. I'll put that in a little star so that you know that's a good thing. And that will help you in the future to get it right.
0: I like it. What else? Another problem could be if I over the dough
1: over the dough.
0: So when I'm working it, once it's stretching, before I prove it, I might knead it a little too much. This is knead with a K, by the way. Okay, K-N- Not N- need as in, I need dough.
1: Well, everyone needs dough, N-E-E-D, but you mean N... <laughs> a
0: dough, you mean money, not <laughs> dough Is in bread.
1: Oh, wow. You mean knead, K-N-E-A-D, to yes. over the dough, as in the bread dough. That's it. What happens if you over it?
0: You end up with a rubber ball.
1: That's not good either. No,
0: once it's baked, it's just solid. You can't really eat it.
1: So, I'm going to represent that with hands and the word knead. And also a ball bouncing up and down. I'm going to do some arrows up and down to That's say it. rubber. I'm going to write rubber on the ball. And I'm going to put a cross through that because you don't want that.
0: I don't want that. I want light, fluffy dough. So I'm not going to over knead it. But this will remind me not to do too much. Should we say about 10 minutes to 12 minutes? I'm going
1: to draw a little clock. 10 minutes on the clock.
0: Oh, I like your clock. Your clock represents time here.
1: That's it. Okay. One more, Gav. Just to make it totally clear for our followers.
0: Another adversity or challenge I may face when preparing my dough for the bread could be over-baking.
1: Ah, and if it's over-baked, what happens?
0: It catches fire.
1: Ooh, that's bad.
0: It's very bad.
1: Maybe before it catches fire, it just becomes very...
0: A Black cinder. Very dry.
1: Very dry. That's not good, is it? We
0: don't like dry.
1: <laughs> I'm going to represent this, OK. A desert.
0: <laughs> Put my bread in the desert with... Um, <laughs> pyramids okay and... yeah i'm
1: gonna draw a little desert with a lot of pyramids maybe a little bucket and spade and a warning sign like a little hazard sign in a triangle that says oven
0: yeah don't forget to put the sun because the sun would be the heat okay that's cooking my bread my dough Yes. But instead it would actually be the oven because the sun wouldn't, especially where I live. a little bit would...
1: complicated. But if you know what it means, Gav, that's fine. So I'm going to do that. And another little clock that says not too long on the top of it.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. That's nice.
0: I like it.
1: And it's quite fun, isn't it? Even though they were all negative things, we made it quite fun, quite a humorous conversation. And it might be quite a good way of highlighting issues or... Bringing attention to things that might not be that easy to talk about in the classroom. Just an idea.
0: I like that very much, Em. So instead of you saying to me, Gav, let's focus on some specific vocabulary or grammar in English. Instead, tell me about something that you like. Let's make this into a little mini lesson together. We made some graphic facilitation to make it more visual, more fun. We were distracted away from the language. So we weren't only focused on the language, Mm. and instead we created a little mini-lesson all on something I was interested in.
1: Good point. And it really meant you had to be very communicative with me. You had to describe and explain. And it was a two-way conversation, so I was clarifying and you were
0: describing. It really resonates with me, Em.
1: Good. Gav, would you like a tea?
0: Em, you know I only drink coffee.
1: Oh, yeah. Well,
0: I think that could be arranged. Oh?
1: Followers, if you enjoy listening, watching or reading Gavin M's How to English
0: Pod, visit coffee.com forward slash how to English pod. That's ko-fi.com forward slash how to English pod. And it would be lovely if you bought us a tea or a coffee to show us support. You could even get a mention on our show if you'd like.
1: Gav, let's find out more about containers. That's what Emily's going to
2: talk about next. Okay, next buzzword is container. A container is an icon which is drawn really big on a whiteboard, flip chart or online whiteboard. You could draw it ahead of time and display it on a, like Zoom, for example. Uh, students or course participants can then interact with it in many different ways. For example you could draw a really big light bulb and ask students to add their ideas to it using markers Uh, you could also draw a huge bike on the whiteboard and ask students to work in pairs to write as many words with i mm, e for example in i for bike Um, you could ask them to add write on different post-it notes and then add all their ideas onto the container bike on the whiteboard, maybe in each wheel, because the wheels are quite nice and big white spaces. I love container activities because they're really flexible and you can use them in so many different ways. If you're working online, you can use Mural or Miro or Jamboard or you can make them into printable worksheets or you can make them really big on a flip chart or a whiteboard. You can also use them with any icon and any topic. Uh, So, in that case, they're a really great way to activate schemata at the beginning of a class or to summarise learning at the end of a class.
1: Gav, keeping on the theme of bread making, I am drawing something now. Can you see what I'm
0: drawing? Em, is that a pillow? Are you sleepy? No. Think about bread. Bread making. Oh, that must be... A bag of flour? It is. F-L-O-U-R flour. It is a bag of flour. Because it doesn't look like a bunch of flowers.
1: No, this is a bag of flour. So what I want you to do now is tell me all the ingredients that you put into your sourdough bread.
0: Now, why would I want to do this, Em? You tell me, Gav. Well, it's a great way to visualise the language. And check you know the language. And check that everybody in the class knows the language. Exactly. To check that I know what I'm talking about.
1: Exactly. If you want to get specific and put quantities in there, you would end up with quite a nice... Recipe. Not that pronunciation though, is it, Gav? Is
0: it a prescription? No. Is it a receipt? Nope. Well, in that case, it must be a recipe.
1: That is right. I feel like you've been teaching people that get this wrong a lot. (laughs) I have (laughs) them. One more time for everybody, that would be a Recipe. Recipe. So, if you want to get technical and put all the measurements, you would have a recipe at the end of that. I
0: could take this home, put this in the cupboard, and every time I want to prepare my dough, I take out this little picture and I could use it.
1: It's practical. It's informative. It's educational. What more can you want? Just need you to tell me the words. That's what I need now. I will start with some flour. Flour. Okay, how
0: much flour? Let's say 500 grams. And what kind of flour, Gav? I might do 50-50, we'll have wholemeal and white, or maybe I'll go for some sort of seedy thing.
1: Can you be a bit more specific? Give me the words, the correct words for these flowers. Flowers? Can you have flowers? Yes, you can. Flowers. So
0: some of the flowers I prefer are wholemeal. You've said that one. I've got spelt, rye flour. some of it's lighter, some of it's darker. I've got some cobber, white and some malted barley. Ooh, they all sound delicious. Yeah, and a nice combination of them can be quite delightful.
1: So, I'm going to write all of those in my bag of flour, on
0: the paper, or if you want on the board, if you're in the classroom. Or if I'm on the computer, I might put it on my jam board. Ooh, jam board. Let's come back to that later.
1: Put a pin in the jam board, we're going to come back to it. So, okay, what else do you need apart from flour?
0: I need my sourdough starter. Right, sourdough starter. Let's say about 300 grams. Quite generous, I like that taste.
1: Okay, what else?
0: A couple of pinches of salt.
1: What kind of salt? Sea salt. Is it flaked? Is it fine?
0: It's quite finely ground, yeah.
1: Okay, finely ground sea salt.
0: And water. Let's say around 350 millilitres. And is that hot or cold water or oh, something else? I'd go for lukewarm.
1: Lukewarm. Okay. You can put your hand in it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a little warm. Okay. Not hot and definitely not cold.
1: Right. Why do you need that to be lukewarm?
0: Because I want to activate my sourdough starter. Ah, nice word.
1: I'll write that down as well. To activate the sourdough starter.
0: It's a nice word, isn't it?
1: Is... Of course, you can add things if you want to, flavours or something on top of it.
0: I might add some seeds. I do like the seedy bread. Um, I've got some poppy seeds.
1: Poppy seeds, good. i oh. writing down poppy seeds. What
0: kind of other seeds? Pumpkin, sesame, sunflower, linseed. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Any of those work quite well. Very good list. I might even add some fruit, some dried fruit like dates or... Maybe even some walnuts if I'm in the mood.
1: Nice, Gav. Sounds delicious. So what we've done here is a lot of vocabulary. And if you didn't know the word, you would have to describe to me what it was you were talking about.
0: It's a nut and it looks like a very small person's brain.
1: Walnuts. That's it. That's exactly what we want. Yes, I love walnuts in bread. I think this speaks for itself, really. This is a great activity. Your students are going to love it. Visually, it looks good.
0: And as you said, you get a great record at the end. And Emily also at her website has some great suggestions. So visit EmilyBrysonELT.com, search for containers, and we've got flags, we've got notebooks, we've got letters with stamps, we've got vehicles, we've got a crown. There's any number of different containers that you can make with your students, with your teacher, and Start making those wonderful lists of words so you can remember them.
1: That's quite inspirational just from that list of containers you told me. I start thinking of all the possibilities there are with those containers and what kind of lessons could grow from them.
0: Really good resource. Em, let's hear about sketchnoting from
2: Emily. Now I'd like to talk about sketchnoting. So technically sketchnoting isn't really graphic facilitation. Technically it's graphic recording. Graphic facilitation is essentially using simple drawings and visuals to facilitate a meeting or a training session or a class. Graphic recording, on the other hand, is about taking complex information and creating a visual summary. So, for example, maybe watching a webinar and taking visual notes or summarising a magazine article or um, even a research paper. Uh, So, sketch notes are basically notes with sketches. And the sketches are quick, simple icons, each taking about the same time to draw as it would to write a word. They're a great way to simplify grammar or to summarise information. So, maybe on your whiteboard, you can create a visual summary throughout the course of the lesson. You can ask students to add their own drawings to it or to create it themselves. And you can teach them a few key icons to draw. Um, so that they can create their own sketch notes in their own notebooks. I always find that when I sketch note, I pay more attention to the topic. Uh, I also remember the topic much more as I have a visual imprint of it on my mind, and I've taken more time to process the information. So, great way to learn, essentially.
0: Thank you, Emily. As she explained, sketch noting is more the visual representation of something that you're listening to, something that you're watching. You might want to make records of this event.
1: Or if it's a presentation or even a lesson, you could take notes in a visual way. So you're noting using sketches. I think it's a more integrated kind of sketching and it means that everything is part of a process or it's part of a bigger picture. So quite literally, you're making pictures into a bigger picture. And it's all connected together. Mm. I have seen examples of some of these that Emily's done. And they're very interesting. And I can look at them for ages. They're so detailed and fun. And there's little notes and icons. And yeah, they're really, really interesting to look
0: at. So sketch noting can include frames, dividers, icons. We've got mini containers as well, like boxes, as we mentioned before. There could be some bullet points, using capitals, bold, italics. You might want to underline some really important part of your notes, circle something, or just draw a post-it note to say, this is a reminder, don't forget this point. M. as we both like to demonstrate what we're talking about, let's do a demonstration. Let's imagine that I've described to you the full process of how to bake bread. Yes. From the ingredient stage, to the dough kneading, to the proving in the basket, all the way to the oven with our end result, which is hopefully not some burnt bread. Yes. Em, I'm going to give you some key icons that you might use in your sketchnoting, and I want you to tell me how you would use them. Mmm, okay. Let me just give you a few. For example, say a lightning bolt.
1: A lightning bolt. I would probably draw a lightning bolt and under that write seeds maybe? And then a list of all the seeds, because that's something that you probably wouldn't think about until the end of the process. And then you might think, oh, seeds, I could add seeds, like a flash of inspiration.
0: Em, that's a great answer. How about some red ink?
1: Red ink sounds like a warning or something very important. So I would probably underline things like, don't bake for too long, or... Be careful not to overneed. <laughs> maybe put some red circles around parts of the process that are really, really important. Mm. So it's highlighting them.
0: That is highlighting them. Drawing my attention to some of the warning signs in our process. How about a thought bubble? I would maybe put that at the end of the
1: process of what shape do I want this bread to be? Do I want it in a loaf tin? Do I want it round? Do I want it to be oval shaped? Do I want cuts on the top that are a nice pretty pattern? Do I want it rustic looking? So maybe that would be a thing to consider before you bake
0: it. Hmm. What about an ear? An ear? Hmm. Actually, I might help you with this one, Em. Yeah. I might draw an ear at the stage towards the end of the baking, where I take the bread out and I tap the bottom of the bread to hear what it sounds like. And I want a nice, do you know what sort of sound I'm looking for? Hollow sound. A hollow sound. So I might draw an ear and then this will represent a nice hollow sounding bottom bread because we don't like our soggy bottoms. And one more icon. Um, How would you use in your sketch noting to highlight a moment to take note... Of the process of making bread, a giant question mark.
1: That, for me, Gav, that would be at the eating stage. What should I have on my bread? Mm. Should I have peanut butter? Should I have jam?
0: I'm getting quite into Marmite at the moment.
1: Marmite, no brands on this show, but Marmite, maybe. A a yeast
0: spread. That's the one.
1: Um, Well, yeah, lots of options. Maybe some marmalade. I don't know. The possibilities are endless, in fact. So that would be my question mark at the end. What to have with the bread?
0: Mm. It's all possible. I can see all arrows leading to this big question mark of just what will I eat it with? What's my spread going to be or something else? Em, you did that really well. Thank you very much for explaining how to use those specific icons and highlighting features.
1: The last part of Emily's talk is about visual vocabulary, Gav. Let's find out more.
0: Finally,
2: visual vocabulary. A visual vocabulary is similar to any linguistic vocabulary. It's learned over time, and when we learn another language, we learn new words. When we learn to draw, we learn to draw new icons. Each icon you learn to draw is part of your visual vocabulary, and the bigger your visual vocabulary, the easier it is to communicate visually and create fun engaging minimal preparation activities such as visual templates, container activities, and maybe even sketch notes. So, maybe you could try out uh, using your visual vocabulary on the next How to English Pod podcast and create some sketch notes of it. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Lots of fun. So, if you'd like to know more about graphic facilitation approaches in ELT, there are lots of freebies, videos, sketchnotes, ebooks, and courses on my website, www.emilybrisonelt.com, or you can follow me at Emily Bryson ELT on most socials. Thanks for having me on.
1: That is very interesting. So this is a growing, evolving language. You can adapt it. You can put your own spin on it. You can start to get creative with it.
0: Every language develops, evolves and grows over time. And your visual vocabulary is no different.
1: We've talked a lot about the techniques of sketchnotes and visual vocabulary, Gav. But what about the way you make them?
0: Well, as you mentioned, you might use a pen. A pencil, you might have a whiteboard, some kind of smartboard. What if you're online? Well, if that's the case, Em, have you tried Jamboard? I
1: haven't. What is Jamboard, Gav?
0: As Emily mentioned, it's one of the many different apps and platforms online that you can use to create your own sketch noting and visual vocabulary. Em, have you got your laptop on?
1: Yes, I have.
0: Can you please go to google.com and follow us. Feel free to follow M on this journey of discovery.
1: Com. Uh-huh.
0: Now, if you click in the squares in the top right corner.
1: Yeah.
0: And you scroll down. Yeah. You should see Jamboard. It's a yellow circle with an orange rectangle, I think. Click on that. Got it. Now, in this window, you should be able to see your previous jams.
1: Well, I haven't got any, but yes.
0: So, let's go ahead and create a new one.
1: Okay, tap to create a new one.
0: Is that the plus symbol at the bottom right corner?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Now, let's start by opening the text box and giving our jam a title. So, what was our previous demonstration?
1: Bread making. Right. I'm typing it now. Mm-hmm.
0: And what was the container that we used?
1: Bag of flour.
0: Ah, so do you want to...
1: Go to the pen icon by any chance?
0: That's it. Or you could use one of the shape tools.
1: I'm going to go freehand on this one. Go for it. Okay, for my first attempt, I don't think that's bad.
0: Let's have a look. Oh, that looks exactly like an upside down hat or possibly a bag of flour.
1: Mhm. Quite proud of that one.
0: If you make any mistakes, Em, what would you do there?
1: I'm guessing there is this eraser icon. I can just go and yeah, just get rid of that.
0: Rub it out if you make any mistakes.
1: That was a bit bulgy on that side. So I've just changed that. This is really fun. Em, you
0: can add pictures if you want to.
1: What you can do just... you mean from the internet?
0: Well, as long as you have copyright permission, yes, or add your own pictures. And also, you can change the background just to make it a bit more fun, a bit more inspiring.
1: Yeah, that's nice. I've just changed it to a nice calming blue colour.
0: Mm, that is nice. I can imagine your bag of flowers sitting on the blue background. Now, what you could do is, I guess, elicit from your students some different types of flower so mm. they can... Watch as you type them in now.
1: Aha, I've just created a text box. So now I'm typing all the different types of flower into the bag.
0: That's nice. That is very easy. That's online. Your students can see it. You can save it and use it another time. You can share it. That's it. You can share it on your Google Classroom. And it's a really versatile platform to use.
1: Thanks, Gav. I really enjoyed that. I feel like I know so much more about bread making, about sketch notes, about visual vocabulary. And you
0: even made your own jam board. Jam board. Um, before you summarise, let's just thank Emily.
1: Thank you so much, Emily. And followers, check out Emily Bryson ELT.
0: Em, um, it's time for you to summarise today's episode, if you don't mind. Just tell us, what did you learn?
1: We learned about visual templates, Gav, which can come in the form of roadmaps or mountains and can represent journeys or rewards, obstacles, challenges. We learned about containers for vocabulary lists. Great way of remembering, but also making learning vocabulary fun. And also sketchnoting, a visual representation of a presentation or a training workshop or a lesson where there is a one-page picture representing all the ideas from that talk in picture form, a very busy picture. And we will link some examples of these in our show notes, Gav. And finally, visual vocabulary, which is a personal journey. And there are some examples online of sketch notes if you want some ideas to start with, but it's also about growing your own vocabulary, learning what you respond to, and what works for you, and adding to that already very effective picture lexicon. Does that just about sum up, Gav? M,
0: um, you summed up very, very well. I think that is very clear for all of the followers.
1: So I suppose, Gav, it's time for...
0: Learn a Word. Learn a word. And today's Learn a Word, M, is in the form of a container, which is a giant pencil. <laughs> Contained within the pencil are a number of phrasal verbs. I've been doing a lot of phrasal verbs recently. All of these contain the word draw. So I'm going to try and elicit from you as many of them as possible. M, imagine you're a burglar. You're breaking, climbing the window. You hear a loud bark. What are you going to do? Draw back? You would draw back? How did you even guess that?
1: Because that's what I'd do. If there were, I wouldn't be a burglar. It's hard to imagine being one, but that is what I would do. I would leave.
0: Oh, that's more than drawing back. You'd turn around and run away. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. Hopefully with the dog not chasing me.
0: I hope not too. Well, I hope you don't become a burglar at any point. I,
1: yeah.
0: Draw back meaning to retreat. Yes. Very nice. How about you're competing in a horse race, you're neck and neck, Galloping down the racetrack. Down the racetrack, and you come to the finish line, cross the line, and you're both in the same position. You draw.
1: Phrasal verb? Yeah. You just draw. Draw what? Draw. The same
0: number, the same value, the same quantity. You draw. Equal. Even. You draw even.
1: I don't know that one. Draw even, okay. Well, that's
0: a nice phrasal verb, to draw even. The uh, the competitors in the race have drawn even. Aha. Uh-huh. To draw even is to equalise in the competition or race, M. The evening is approaching, the lights are fading, the sun is setting, it is...
1: The night is drawing in, Gav.
0: It is drawing in. Well done. That's a very poetic way to say closing darkening
1: yeah i think we use it when the seasons change and you say maybe at the end of the summer all the nights are drawing in meaning it's getting dark earlier
0: the sun setting earlier yeah. yeah that's a very good example
1: that's a lovely phrase
0: as you were traveling on the bus you see you stop the vehicle starts to slow you uh-huh. arrive. The bus draws up to the stop. It does draw up or draw into the stop or the station or wherever you might like to get off. That's approaches, goes
1: slower towards a destination, yeah? hmm That's nice. We've had draw back, draw in, draw up so far. One more?
0: One more. <laughs> <laughs> I've
1: got places to be. One more.
0: You want your wages to last a little bit longer this month, Em, because it's a long month and maybe you don't have a lot of wages. You need to stretch them as much as possible. Therefore...
1: I'm going to draw out my money or draw my money out.
0: Mm, to make it last...
1: Longer. Mm. I think eke out is another way of saying that. Oh,
0: that's a nice one, to eke out.
1: Eek is a great word. E-K-E, eek. But yes, to draw out. Excellent.
0: And I'm going to have to give you a bonus one. <laughs> okay. One more then. That I can get one more draw phrasal verb into my pencil on my jam board.
1: Can I say you're drawing this out now? (laughs) But go ahead.
0: A lion approaches you. You see anger in its eyes. But you think, I will not draw away. I'm going to puff my chest up. I'm going to stand tall. I will. I don't know. Stand tall and come on, show how proud you are. Draw up. Draw yourself up. Draw yourself up. That's
1: it. Don't use that one so much. Okay. Okay, draw up.
0: You might want to draw up a contract instead.
1: That one, I know. That one is (laughs) a more familiar one. To draw up is to... What is that? That's like make it. Create. Draft.
0: To draft. That's the right one. Well done. Mm,
1: Draw up a contract. Draft. I'm going to go with that one as a final note. Okay, so that's
0: the end of learn a phrasal verb or two <laughs> more yes <laughs> So we're gonna draw this to a close M mm, nice And thank Emily one more time and thank M and thank Gav and thank all the followers Don't forget to check us out on all the socials Facebook and Instagram you can also find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts. And if you want to buy us a coffee, don't forget to visit coffee.com forward slash how to English pod. All of the links are in the show notes.
1: Happy sketching, everybody. Catch you next time, Gav.
0: Catch you next time.